Can you hear me? Yes. I'm going inside my my fort. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. You ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Welcome, creepsters, to our very first episode ever. Before I introduce our topic of mortal discussion, I would like to introduce my amazing friend, Candace, who is a part of the Bohemian Dolls gang. Hey guys, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> a little backstory of our friendship. We've been friends for seven years and have been weird ever since. Weirdos for life. What we are about to discuss is something that we are... We share mutual love for. So with further ado, I'd like to present the title of our very first episode, which is Vampires. Whoop, whoop. Yes. I know vampires have been talked about forever and the same stories of sightings have been in rotation throughout history of mankind. But doing some digging and having a love for this mysterious creature, I came across some pretty interesting sightings here in New York. Um, now we know that vampires can be tracked back from the beginning of time, but when did they enter the United States? There is much speculation that they traveled with the first European settlers, which if you think about it and on a supernatural level, how European settlers were able to conquer and kill so many is very questionable, right? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like, of course, they brought guns and diseases over. But what if they got some help from some unknown supernatural creatures? Ooh. Right? Yeah, that's something I've never thought about. Yeah, something <laughs> to think about because... And we'll, this will come up in an episode in the future, but I feel like in a lot of wars throughout history, I don't think it was just humans fighting. I think it was some supernatural stuff going on. So that would be something, you know, we'll talk about in the future. Well, you, you, if you think about it, like all the stories and books and stuff for, about vampires, they do touch about how certain characters do join like the army and stuff like that throughout history and certain vampires have gotten involved but exactly. so maybe there is some truth behind this i know definitely so there have been stories of vampire killing sprees throughout the united states in the early days there were private small organized bounty hunters that would take on cases and pretty much hunt vampires. Um, as the United States started to grow, so did the vampire population and more cases of them killing people. One case in particular got out of hand in California. Um, it states that it took place in 1885 in which a group of vampires took over entire mining town in California. At this point, the government decided, I know, crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do some more research on that because it was, it, it was just a lot. So I, I want to actually pinpoint that and we could talk about that in another episode. 
but um, the government decided that things were getting at it, getting crazy, and decided to establish an organization to hunt and put a stop to all the madness with the vampires. But before this happened, there was a halt in start of the organization due to the civil war. So they put a pause on it, which is also very strange because I'm like, okay, when you think about it, right? The yeah. civil war started. They probably need some needed some vampire soldiers to help out with the war. So that's something else that's a little, you know, it's a little eerie. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1869, Ulysses S. Grant put in motion the Federal Vampire and Zombie Agency in the United <laughs> States. How cool is that? Now, I don't know how much, how factual this is. Um, the research that I did stated that this is indeed true. Like it's there. There's a website about the Federal Vampire and Zombie Agency, but other than that, I didn't really find any traces of it. But then again, I mean, there's so many top secret agencies out there, so you never know what's you know fact or false. So. Um, it was said that this agency started out as a special branch unit of the armed forces, mirrored after similar officers in France and in England who were known as the Vampire National Guard. They worked mostly in highly populated areas throughout Europe, hunting undead, hunting the undead, including zombies. Ooh. I know, right? These soldiers were... Um, very underpaid and often um, were sent off to fight in just regular wars throughout Europe. Um, so this group wasn't in the best of shape and wasn't that organized. And also once the increase of immigrants migrated from Europe to the U.S., um, that their organization kind of died out and it kind of faded away and I guess so many vampires were also traveling with human immigrants um, to the U.S. So more crime was being witnessed over here. So they wanted to start the organization back up, but in the United States and with better funding. So there had been many stories and cases that the um, FVZA have fought. One in particular is that was very interesting to me was a case that took place in NYC. Um, as you know, there are several underground trains in New York and it came to be, and it could be pretty eerie, especially at night in the subway system. You know, Candace, we both know this. Yeah. Well, in 1974, there have been numerous sightings and accounts of people being attacked by vampires in the subway systems. So the FBZA came to investigate. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that that vigilante group, um, do you remember them? I think they were called uh, 
the angels or something um and they wore like red berets and they were like black belts and they they like went around the subway systems to protect people weren't they um in one of those movies from like the 70s yeah they yeah they were like famous yeah 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 probably and you know what i bet there was so much randomness going on in the 70s alone and and new york is pretty dangerous back then right so the subway systems they have all type of crazy people and creatures disguised as humans probably and and blended in with all the other crazy human people and it was just probably a shit show back then yeah you I feel like back then there was no regulations on anything. So yeah. you could get, people were getting away with a lot back a then. A lot. And I, I'm sure it was just so much easier for vampires to blend in. Not just vampires, zombies, all types of crazy, just crazy chaos. Um, so New York is said to be the home of the last group of vampires. Um, at the time of the investigation of the underground vamp case, the FBZA was also seeing its last days of being funded by the government. Mm-hmm. This was very unfor- unfortunate because they had cracked down on this particular case. They cased the group of vampires that were using the subway tunnels to find people to attack. Um, three of the vamps at escaped and stole a boat and fled to an island right off the southeast end of the Bronx known as Brothers Island. Uh, The boat was found the next day after the vampires were chased away from the tunnels. But again, since the FBZA was coming to an end, there was no official raid of the island. So these vampires basically settled there and I'm pretty sure they they could still be there no one knows and um Brothers Island is it's a small island and has been abandoned for years um the last time anyone lived on the island was in the 1960s it was it used to be home to various hospitals and rehabilitation centers um that and just as I know, we're also doing an episode on this particular island because it's a lot of people that passed away on the mm-hmm. island back in the day. Okay, now after the vampires were said to have escaped and settled on the small abandoned island, people have witnessed sightings of seeing lights through the woods in the old buildings. So, pretty creepy. Definitely creepy. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. I want to go there. I want to go. But unfortunately, you need a um, parks permit from the oh, city wow. to visit there. You can't just go. Um, but I was able to find some cool images and videos on how the island looks and it's pretty creepy and cool, so if we can find someone to give us a hookup with a parks permit <laughs> to go on the island, Candace, we should totally go. That would be insane. Yeah, but that is um, 
pretty much what I have on the first part of our episode of a vampire. So on to you, Candace. Woot woot. <laughs> so when you think of vampires in America, what city pops in your head? New Orleans. Yes, that's square. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the city is known for being a melting pot of culture, food, music, people, and of course, the creepy urban legends. The stories that involve this beloved city date back for centuries, and even before the French settled in the Louisiana lands, the natives of the area had menacing tales of their own. So, you know, I feel like these lands have been haunted. There's something something going on down there that we yeah. we don't know about. It just attracts. It does. And you things. Know, everyone that I've heard that went to go visit there says that the air, I mean aside from it being very humid and hot, everyone that I've known has been there said that the, it's a different type of weight to the air. Like it's very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, like creepy. <clears throat> so I'm sure that they have a whole population of supernatural freaks down there. Oh. <laughs> there are a few famous vampire legends. According to legend, there are mysterious according to legend, there was a mysterious wealthy man in Europe. He had he held illustrious parties and no one knew anything about him. He had claimed that he was the son of Francis II Racuzzi, Prince of Transylvania, which is which is going to link to another story we're going to talk about in another episode, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What people did know was that he was extremely talented. He was a master in the violin and the piano. He spoke six different languages and composed music. He was also known for maintaining his youth. The philosopher Voltaire even called him the man that knows everything and who never dies. And his name was Count Saint Germain. So why do I bring up some weird dude who's really into skincare from the 1700s? Well, (laughs) fast forward to the 20th century, a man, Jacques Saint Germain, who looks like the Count, the same age as the Count when he mysteriously died, and has the same M.O. Musically inclined, spoke different languages, and held lavish lavish parties. Except now, we're in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, it seems like there's a either a clone or he might be living a little bit longer than what we thought exactly either his doppelganger <laughs> or uh, he just rose from the dead again yep so one night after one of his badass parties jacques kept a lady friend over for an after party apparently he tried to bite her neck while on one of his balconies she ended up falling off and was able to escape and she reported the incident to the police. When the police arrived, they discovered that Jack had disappeared. What they did find was tablecloth soaked with blood, no food or food ever being in his house, and blood was mixed into all the wine bottles. Isn't that gross? Yeah. 
And I was thinking about this. I was like, so he was having all these parties. So was his guests drinking these like wine that was laced with blood? Exactly. Or who who were his guests? Were they also vampires? It could be like he could have had a whole vampire posse and no one knew about it. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that happening. But Jacques also reminds me another of another character from like a story. Do you know who he reminds me of? Who? Lestat Lioncourt from Interview of the Vampire. Uh, yes. When they are very similar. Yeah. I wonder wonder if Anne Rice used him as inspiration. <laughs> so to continue on with this New Orleans story. We're going to go to the 1930s. This is a less romantic story, but I think it's super creepy and super cool of how it ends. Mm. A woman was found with both her wrists cut, but they weren't cut for her to bleed out immediately. They were cut for her to bleed out slowly. She told authorities she escaped from an apartment owned by two brothers, John and Wayne Carter, seemingly ordinary labor workers. You wouldn't think twice about them. Mm -hmm. When police went to their apartment, they were stunned to find four other people with their wrists cut in the same way as the woman's. The story was that the brothers kept these people there to drink their blood after work. The police also found 14 dead bodies. Oh my god. So gross. Clean up. They should have cleaned up after themselves <laughs> or something. When the, bro- yeah, when the brothers arrived home, it took seven to eight police officers to take them down. Which is like supernatural on on its own you yeah. know they had they must have been super strong yeah superhuman strength and it's like okay there's no way seven to eight officers that are trained physically to take people down and they had to do all of that for two guys yep sounds so. pretty supernatural to me yeah it doesn't sound like a normal two brothers. Yeah. So the brothers ended up being executed for their crimes and their bodies were kept in a family vault inside of New Orleans famous cemeteries. Because New Orleans high water table, when caskets were buried in the ground, they would float away during heavy rain periods. Mm-hmm. So they decided to build those famous above ground vaults we know today, mm-hmm. which I think are perfect for vampires to chill in. Exactly. Yep. And that's where the brothers' bodies were kept. Many years after the brothers' executions, they were placing another body in the Carter's family vault and discovered the brothers' bodies were not there. Like, seriously. That's crazy. So they just bounced from their crib. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So naturally, after word got out, everyone started seeing the brothers everywhere. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, and from then, they just never caught them or seen them for real in person. Mm-hmm. But that's not the creepy part of the story. So remember the four people in the brothers' apartment? Yeah. Well, one of them started murdering people. <laughs> 
And I'm not talking about just murdering people. He was drinking people's blood too. This dude, Felipe, had 32 victims, and it was believed that he drank the blood of all his victims. Wow. And you know, it was said that it takes like seven days for you to change into a vampire. Mm -hmm. And that's about the that that was about the time that the brothers had him in their apartment. So it kind of adds up. Wow. That's crazy. So is this just real life or is this just a fantasy, India? We will never know, I don't think. We will never know, but in the meantime, to all our creepsters out there, if you have any stories of vampires, please, please send them in to us. We would love to hear them. And um, stay creepy, my friends.